0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. This season...
6: Listening to
5: Fox Sports Radio. radio, radio. Ah, yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz with you. We are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1 888 Farmers to switch. You could save big on your auto insurance. It's really the best thing you can do with your phone in just a few minutes. So call 1 888 Farmers and start saving today. We
4: are Farmers.
5: So here we are on a Saturday, the day before selection Sunday. We got conference tournament finals, semifinals going on today. The field of 68 will be announced tomorrow. Mr. Schwartz, and uh, boy, I tell you one thing: uh, my UCLA Bruins are in trouble right now, <laughs> uh, and your Oregon Ducks didn't do me any favors. I thought, come on now, Oregon, you could beat Oregon State, right? You can knock them out uh, instead. Uh, Oregon State did a number on Oregon yesterday. Now the Ducks, your Ducks, are safely in. USC's safely in. Speaking of the Pac-12, Colorado, who plays Oregon State tonight in the Pac-12 championship game, seems to be firmly in the field, but UCLA with a four-game losing streak to wrap up their season, capped off by an overtime loss to Oregon State, where UCLA at one point in that game was leading 30-14, to collapsed in that game. So Oregon State, which would not be in the tournament unless they win the Pac-12 tournament, I'm telling you right now, Oregon State wins tonight, UCLA is in trouble, which by the way... Would eliminate yet another big-name school, Jeff, from this year's NCAA tournament
7: yeah I mean, look, I am no basketball expert, but I know if if Oregon shoots twenty three percent from the three point line they 're probably not going to win many basketball games that 's what happened last night uh, for my ducks and look, the tournament this year is really is really fascinating because you know, it 's unique right we 're playing in a bubble in the, in Indianapolis and uh, to add to the uniqueness of this year um, you know it 's very likely that we 're not going to get a traditional power we might even get a, a mid major um, in in Gonzaga. Winning a championship. And I I am curious if our appetite for basketball without blue bloods will be as high as it is with those guys. Because look, we when people always say this, right? We hear it all the time. I watch a tournament because I love upsets. I guys, the numbers show, the ratings show, our interest shows that we love upsets on the first two days, right? It may be on the the first weekend, right? So the first round and the second round, I guess now uh, they're kind of round of 64, round of 32. Those, we love upsets there. But when we get to the Elite Eight, the final four, of the championship game, we want to see the Blue Bloods playing. Right. We want to see Kentucky and UCLA and Duke and North Carolina. Like, we want to see those teams playing because we obviously, our childhood, we grew up watching them play, often have the most pro talent. So you get, you know, just kind of some better basketball as well. Um, and when we don't get that, we don't watch. We don't watch. And so this year is really fascinating because we're not going to get some of those teams will not even be in the tournament right? Um, and some of them aren't, you know, UCLA will get in maybe as an eleven seed as they're, as they're, as they're slaughtered right now. They're, not gonna, they're probably not going to win a game. Um, and so, are we going to be okay with, you know, Alabama, and Gonzaga Baylor and West Virginia in the final four.
5: Well, we had the situation with Butler. They got to back-to-back championship games. Now the first Duke, time though. the first time when they played Duke and of course Gordon Hayward came in literally an eyelash of what would go down as the greatest shot in the history of basketball, right? A three-pointer from uh, had, midcourt to win if the he had, national yes, championship. If he had made
7: that especially against Duke. You're the first.
5: It would have gone down as the greatest shot made in the history of basketball. A three-pointer at the buzzer from half court to win the championship for Butler. Uh, but you remember the next year they played UConn in what was the most unwatchable NCAA championship game of all time. In that game, Butler shot less than 20%. So whatever cachet... Butler had the year before had completely worn off the second time around. And then you're like, yeah, let's get back to business as usual. By the way, this is the first year since 1976. That's a long time ago that both Duke and Kentucky are out of the NCAA tournament. Both schools are out of the NCAA tournament Duke and Kentucky. Um, but I, I would I would agree with you. As far as the way it usually plays out, like you like those Cinderella stories in the first round, you know, some big dog gets knocked out by some nobody, Florida Gulf Coast or, yeah. you know, the uh, Baltimore, Maryland or whatever that was. Um, those are great stories, but you're right. Once you get to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, I remember in 2006 when George Mason, stunned the world by beating UConn in the Elite Eight to earn a spot in the Final Four. And it was a tremendous story, obviously, that a school like George Mason could get all the way to the Final Four. But once they got to the Final Four, they really weren't competitive. It was almost like an empty spot like you know, whatever the, the, magic to get there, the reality set in once they got to the final four. So you want a strong like,
7: final four. Did it just happen two years ago with Loyola Chicago? Loyola
5: Chicago was another like, one of like, those schools. I mean,
7: the, who they played the final four? It was like a just a terrible game. It wasn't close. It just was ugly. Oh, um, it was a Kansas State or something. It was who they play? I forget who it was, but like we 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 want to see the best basketball and. and those teams, and this is why I think it's really tough when you get to the final four when you're a, a Cinderella, right? Is you know, when you're in the tournament, you're playing on a typical schedule you would during the regular season, right? You're playing a game on fr- Thursday or Friday, you're playing a game a couple of days later, and there's still a lot of games on even even the weekend of the Elite Eight. There's still eight, I mean, there's still what, four games, right? There's four like, there's still like other teams to talk about. When you get that week between the time that you qualify for the Final Four and mm-hmm. you play the first games on Saturday, there's a lot more media, right? There's a lot more attention. You're not used to being in the spotlight. You're often playing a better team than you've played the entire tournament. And they've had time a week now to watch, film, and prepare. And that's why I think it's really tough for those uh, those Cinderella's. And, and Butler doesn't – I don't know counts as that because they were just – they're just good, right? I mean, Gonzaga's not a Cinderella. Um, but it's, it's tougher for those Cinderella teams – to play those situations.
5: Hey, I have an update. Uh, Lita Lapp, our brilliant producer, just stepped in as we're talking about the NCAA tournament. Listen up, everybody. Are you ready for this? Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's M-Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Ooh, That's right, a million dollar bracket challenge. If you fill out a perfect bracket at foxsportsradio.com, you win a million dollars. A million. Perfect.
7: Isn't that like like eight billion to one?
5: Yes, but you would still win a million dollars. I'm doing it. I'm signing up. Compete against Fox Sports Radio hosts, that would include you, Jeff, and fellow listeners. The listener in first place, even without a perfect bracket, can win a $1,000 gift card. Second place gets $300. Third place takes home 200 You can pre-register right now. Get official rules at foxsportsradio.com even before the brackets are released. It's the Fox Sports Radio M-Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Refine your prime. With M-Drive. So there you go, right there. So uh, everyone's going to be filling $1. out a bracket. I, you know, and and I was, I had um, Clark Kellogg on my radio show yesterday. I've known for many, many, many years, one of my all-time favorite college basketball analysts. And, you know, the one thing I asked him was sort of a two-fold question about this year's tournament. One, how difficult is it to judge which team should be in and not in, especially with these bubble teams based on the kind of interrupted schedule we had in each one of these conferences. And remember, the majority of the games around college basketball were in-conference games. They didn't have as many non-conference games as they normally have. And then on top of that, the question is, is you're sitting down to fill out your brackets keeping in mind that there are no there's no West Regional, East Regional none of that. It's just Regions one, two, three, four, and all 68 schools are in Indianapolis. <laughs> so it, it's not like you, know, you have some West Coast team that got shipped off as a 2C to an East Regional and how does that factor in? Everyone's on the same playing field in Indianapolis and how does that affect the way you sit down to fill out your brackets? So th- this is going to be a one-time deal like this folks. We're you know by two thousand twenty two we 're going to get back to our norm, <laughs> but right now, yeah. with this tournament at least as excited as everyone is, obviously after no tournament a year ago it 's not your
7: usual bracket yeah. filling out time this time jeff it 's not um, and, and the, I, I should probably check on this myself it 's still it 's still going to be played the normal pace, right? Like yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, they Thursday, have the f- okay. first
5: four are going to be on yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, I, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah,
7: I don't really... The first four to me is so silly. What?
5: what? Well, they did this to add at-large teams is essentially well, what they did. of course they did. They
7: did but why, why 68? Let's do 72. Well, they right, have a first 76.
5: four. Well, we had... Well, first of all, 68, I understand that. But the idea was sort of like, we'll have a first four, we'll have a final four. Anything beyond that. Remember the great thing about these conference tournaments, everyone has another chance. Ask Oregon State. Oregon State went into the Pac-12 tournament knowing we have one shot. Win the Pac-12 tournament, and all they have to do is win one more game, and they're in the big dance. And that's the beauty of these conference tournaments. It's like an extension of the NCAA tournament because it does give... Teams that you know seemingly would have no chance of making the tournament one last opportunity.
7: I love it. I, I, I look. The way I've looked at conference tournaments this year, or you have a great one right now, Alabama-Tennessee. Alabama was up by one with yep. 15 seconds left. I believe Tennessee just missed two foul shots, too, um, to, and, uh, to 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 make this a, a one-point game. Um, yeah, they're consoling
5: so, the uh, kid that yeah. just missed so, the free throws.
7: I said this on my radio show on Monday, my Pac-12 show on, on Sirius XM, is that um, I am so grateful to have the tournaments this year. Like, I don't know if in the past I've watched – as much of non-Pac 12 tournaments like right like this week as I have this year. Like I'm just so grateful that we have it this year. Remember last year, about a year ago to like to Tuesday Mm -hmm. was the day that or really was was Wednesday. Wednesday with the Rudy
5: Gobert Day, yeah. they,
7: They get everything shut down. Yeah. And we didn't get it. And we were so we were like, okay, well, are we gonna get it in a week? Are we gonna get it in two weeks? And we never got it. Everything shut shut down all at once. Well,
5: and remember exactly how this played out. So some of the lesser conferences had just completed their conference tournaments. So this was the final week. We were three days away from Selection Sunday. And remember, after the Rudy Gobert situation and schools were shutting down their conference tournaments immediately, there was all that talk, well, how about if we reduce the field? It was going to be in Atlanta, the Final Four. Maybe we'll try to reduce the field and just send all the teams directly to Atlanta they were spinning so many different things over about a 48 hour span and then boom they just pulled the plug
7: yeah and um it was crazy and so i just feel very grateful to have sports to watch this weekend and next weekend and, and, and march madness and you know just be able to like sit down um on and i wish i was gonna go to vegas i'm not anymore i feel like it's not quite time for that yet um and just watch college basketball all day on on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday.
5: All right, we got some big gains. Michigan has rallied big time. They were down by 13 to Ohio State. It's now a one-point game. This is a Big Ten semi between Ohio State and Michigan. They're inside 30 seconds to go. Ohio State has the ball, and you're not going to believe it. He walked on the end line trying to dribble around the defense. Michigan is going to get the ball with less than 30 seconds to go. Wow, that is unbelievable. Uh, and we got Alabama now with a 3-point yeah. lead. Tennessee has the ball. SEC Tournament semi, 15.5 seconds w- left.
7: Wouldn't you if you're Alabama here, wouldn't you foul? Tennessee has Yeah, if Tennessee hasn't shot under 5 seconds left, just foul them, right?
5: Yeah, but it, there's still a lot of time. I mean, 15 well, and not, a half not seconds not 15, can but go, Yeah.
7: If, I mean, if they like try to set a set a play up for one more shot. Right. Um I would just well they probably aren't going to do that. I would get quick two here. Um I mean, nothing is as bad as your Bruins botching a four-on-one fast break to lose the game against Oregon State. The way UCLA's
5: been losing games. You know, they won all these close games early in the year. Now it's coming back to bite them. I mean, they're just finding ways (laughs) to blow leads and everything else. I'm telling you right now, if Oregon State wins tonight, UCLA is in big, big trouble. All right, we got much more basketball to get to. Much more basketball. Hang on, all right? Uh, But we also got to get to a lot of NFL news, and some of it is personal For Jeff Schwartz, we'll explain coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
6: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Do you love Selena?
5: Like, really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
5: Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. All right, Alabama is on to the SEC championship game. They held on to beat Tennessee 73-68. And speaking of holding on, Ohio State hung on to defeat Michigan 68-67. So the Buckeyes are on their way to the Big Ten championship game. There will be five championship games tomorrow, Jeff. All the other championships will be decided today. So uh, we're that much closer to the field of 68, which, of course, will be announced tomorrow. Now, speaking of the calendar, Jeff, coming up on Wednesday, March 17th, 4 o'clock Eastern. That is the beginning of free agency around the National Football League. And this past week... It was uh, finalized what the salary cap would be for 2021, and it was more than $16 million less than what it was at the start of last season. So what's happening around the NFL right now, and you're going to see more of this over the next few days, players are going to get released, contracts are going to get restructured, but let's start with someone near and dear to you, your brother, Mitchell Schwartz, Super Bowl champion, started every game since he had arrived at Kansas City, had an injury that, you know, put him on the sideline this season, and then late in the season, Eric Fisher, the other starting offensive tackle, went down for the Chiefs. Some people thought, they'll be fine. Patrick Mahomes, you don't need tackles, do you? And he was running for his life. Both your brother and Fisher Got released by the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's let's just start with your brother's situation right now, and how you go from being a starter on a Super Bowl champion team, a mainstay in that offensive line, to finding yourself temporarily, if he so chooses, on the unemployment line. Yeah. What went down with your brother?
7: Well, I mean this is this is kind of NFL in a nutshell, right? Um, you know, it's a what it's it's a what, you know, what what you did for me lately type of league. And and look, everything that surrounding the this offseason is all of the salary cap, right? I mean, if, if this is a regular salary cap, Mitch is not at all released in my opinion. Um, but you know, he he didn't play the last 12 games of last season, I think, maybe 13 or 14 including the playoffs. Right? And he's due, you know, for a lot of money again next season. And he's just had back surgery, and so the Chiefs released him. I mean, if there's a regular, like I said, they wouldn't release him. Uh, you know, Eric Fisher, um, you know, they released him, left tackle. He hurt his Achilles. He's probably not going to be ready to play until some point in the middle of the season next year. And it's a tough business, man. Um, this is the way it works. It's not fun. Uh, it's often abrupt. I mean, I, I know when I've been released. There's never a warning about it. Um, I don't think they they called Mitch a week beforehand and were like, "Hey, buddy, we're thinking about releasing you." And They just <laughs> call him and like, "Hey, you're out of here," and uh, mm. you go and you grab your stuff and you're done. So, yeah. you know, for my brother personally, um, I mean, he was there five years. He made four All Pros. Uh, he the team made three championship games. He played in two of them, and he played in one of the Super Bowls. And he was the best player on the field. I mean, he graded out like the highest grade on Pro Football Focus for the game. Um, he played great. And so he had a great run in Kansas city and, and now it ends and move on. I mean, he's, this is his first time being released in nine years. It's pretty good. I got released uh, four times, eight years. <laughs> it's, <like laughs> yeah. it, it's it's not fun um, to be released. And uh, it, it's, I mean, look, I, I know that plenty of people listening now have been fired. So, you know, the, I'm sure you you, you know, you understand the same feeling, but you know, when you get released, it's just, you know, all that support from the team just disappears right away. I mean, you're just done. Like you're, they're, they're, they're done. They don't, you know, they they're not calling you, thinking about you. They're not, you know, all the all the times you spend the equipment room and the rehab and practice and all that, all those hours you've been together. It's just done, just done, and you're on your own. And you're obviously looking for another team, trying to get healthy. Of my my brother's case, after his surgery, and. Life moves on without you. And the Chiefs, man, they got a lot of work to do in this offensive line. They might, they might um, have five new offensive linemen heading into next season.
5: Well, here's the thing: what Kansas City immediately did after releasing their starting offensive tackles is they need to restructure the contract of Patrick Mahomes. So this is a sort of a two-step process right now, where you're and people, I, you know, you hear about capologists or salary cap in the NFL. It is a full-time job. I mean, seriously, a full-time job to manipulate the salary cap to make it work. So let's let's take the uh, Tom Brady situation in Tampa Bay. So you're hearing this headline: Tom Brady signs a four-year extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you're like, damn, this guy's <laughs> going to play four more years. That's, he's not playing four more years. Tom Brady is on a year-to-year basis based on how he feels, okay? But what he did was he created about $19 million of cap space for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by restructuring his deal. By the way, he's still going to make about $40 million this year in 2021 with some back-to-money and everything yeah. else. But what he did was he redid his deal to clear cap space and you're like yes. how how do the how do the numbers crunch i, I mean we could take all day to try it's, to figure it's pretty this pretty out simple
7: it, it, it's pretty simple is what they do now is they have these voidable years in contracts right because you can prorate the signing bonus or yes. any bonus right. over the life of a contract so let's say that i get a five-year deal and my signing bonus is is you know is is uh million. Well, let's take Dak Prescott.
5: Dak Prescott got $66 million. It's not like $66 million was just directly deposited in his bank account.
7: So they can prorate that over the life of your contract. So, with like Tom Brady, for example, they added three voidable years in the back end. So they they, they just keep pushing money into the future. And with a rising salary cap, which it'll go back up, especially all all the TV deals coming up for the NFL, it's not a bad thing to keep pushing money into the future eventually if you the though go
5: you're going to have to pay and this is well, what happened to the patriots What happened to the saints right now you know going back to the uh, the 49ers their great run in the 80s 90s by the late 90s they ha- they kept kicking the can down the road eventually they had to pay up
7: yeah and and um and you know eventually you will but of course the goal is to try to get a super bowl before you have to pay up right and obviously that's what everyone's trying to do at the moment so um That's what these restructures are. That's what Tom Brady's doing. And that's what
5: the Chiefs are going to have to do right now with Patrick Mahomes' contract to help fill the void left by their starting offensive tackles being cut loose.
7: And just remember, too, that, again, in a normal year, none of this is happening, right? Tom Brady doesn't have to restructure. Right. Right. Doesn't do any of that, but because of this weird year uh, with the cap going down, everyone has to make some more money because they want to keep Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. You know, the cheat. It's not even just getting under the salary cap. It's also being able to get a free agent. The Chiefs are going to have to buy mm-hmm. some offensive alignment. Now, yeah. are they going to buy Trent Williams? Probably not. Yeah. But they have to buy some better offensive alignment. They need tackles. They have one kid they drafted last year who they really like. Uh, he set out the year. A kid from TCU, third round draft pick. But they're going to have to buy some players, and so you need to restructure to make sure you can buy those players. And so, obviously, you know, players. And look, there's two types of, of restructures. I've, I've been on one of these types. The one that we heard with Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, they're not giving. I guess Tom Brady signed a new deal, so Pat Mahomes, they're not taking any of your money away. All they're doing is they're converting it from a base salary to a signing bonus, so you then they can prorate it over your contract and push it out, 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 in many years. There's also restructures where they ask you, hey man, you know, for example, I, my first year with the Giants, um, I was hurt, I played one and a half games. They said to me, hey, you know, we'd like to we like to restructure with you. Um, you know, we like to take your salary and basically make it into, into mostly playing time incentives. And you can tell them, no screw off. Well, then the, obviously the problem is you, they might release you and we did not want to take that chance. So we said, okay. So basically, I basically got my whole salary that you played most of the season. So those are two types of restructures. One's for to protect the team in, in essence. And one is to just get, you know, create more salary structure.
5: Well, we're happy to say that they were able to manipulate the salary cap so that we can have this what's trending right now. We're broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote, yes, restructuring everything out of the cap to fit in, David Gascoff. Here I am, here I am. See that? It's pretty nice. It's, it's nice to be prioritized. Like, all right, we've got to figure this out. How can we fit? Gas on the cap, and that's what happened. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. How are you
6: today? I'm all right. Um, You guys are talking about a bunch of different things Uh, priorities and whatnot, NCAA tournament. Oh, um, you know Iowa Sam walked into the studio this morning, freshly cut hair. Yeah, how about him? He's wow. got, uh he's got cheese and crackers and a bottle of wine as he watches <laughs> his <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes today. Yep, this is very unlike Iowa. Usually, he's
5: got a mm-hmm. Boilermaker or two. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, he's uh, he's hoping for a two seed for his Hawkeyes. A two he is. seed, that's what he's shooting for today. They need to. If they win today, they should be pretty set for a two seed. Yes, lose, no chance. Yeah. But do you like them? The way to say, and he says, regardless, they're a two seed. Do <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you they, have some inside word that we don't fifth. have? So what is that? The that the rankings mean nothing. You know well, that. But yeah.
6: do you guys know that it's the first time ever that you had four teams from the top uh, or from the same conference in the AP top twenty-five? or AP Top 10 that made it this far. Well, and your-
5: and also keep in mind this, and I asked this of Clark Kellogg yesterday mm-hmm. on my radio show, of course, as a Big Ten guy. You think it, the Big Ten has any advantages for the NCAA tournament considering they're playing their conference tournament in the same city as the upcoming NCAA tournament? Just a little bit. And he said, no, no, I don't see any of that, none of that. Well, oh spoken like a real Big Ten homer, (laughs) is what I hear.
6: Speaking of that conference, guys, Ohio State and Michigan came down to the wire. Smith to the foul line, steps back, shoot the two, head of the key. No good, rebound, loose, ball on the floor, and Ohio State's going to escape with a win. As Smith couldn't can the shot, the Wolverines couldn't pick it back up, and Ohio State hangs on to beat Michigan 68-67, and the Buckeyes will appear in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game. This is a really good game, too. Ohio State was was leading the majority of the game Michigan went on a 17-5 run to try to close things out but Dwayne Washington 24 points was enough Tennessee falls to number six Alabama 73-68 Crimson Tide were plus 14 in the second half Cincinnati leading Wichita State 22-20 Iowa and number three Illinois will tip off in about 20 minutes from now National Hockey League Rangers 4-0 at Boston Players Championship Justin Thomas is your leader at minus 10. Pepper Jack cheese and Ritz crackers for Iowa Sam. Pepper Jack. Yeah. That's not a bad call. No, I like it's that. pretty good. There's nothing in here. I don't even And what <laughs> bottle of wine
5: are you drinking right now? Yeah.
6: Nothing. No. I can't see him he as a more. wine drinker. Oh, I love wine. Maybe, maybe Lee to that, but Lee will drink anything with alcohol <laughs> in it. Yes. Moonshine. Well, it's whatever Lee's lady decides. That's true. Yeah. But
5: he's uh, he's actually on waivers right now. So. <laughs> he's waving up and down right now. He's like, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, thank you very much, David. We'll talk to you a little bit later on. We are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call one farmers to switch and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. So we'll keep you up to date on all the college basketball going on today. But we're digging in deep with the NFL. As we mentioned, free agency officially will begin on Wednesday. And this is the beginning of the entire process where you got you know you have to figure out the cap situation so that you go into free agency with the ability to make some deals done. And then once you get through the free agency, now you're also thinking about the upcoming draft. Now the one big difference for this year's draft, Jeff, is that we are not going to have a combine. There is no combine going on, which means we're going to get these pro days I see where Trey Lance, the quarterback in North Dakota State, who is getting a lot of looksies, um, being projected as a first round pick, despite only playing really one full season as a starting quarterback in North Dakota State. Of course, it's a year he had 28 touchdowns and no picks and ran for over 1,100 yards. But uh, how are these pro days going to operate? Uh, how is this maybe going to be a little different for these NFL teams who evaluate talent when they don't have the combine and resort to these individual workouts in these pro days?
7: Well, we know that, you know pro days um are the are hard to judge because um, especially quarterbacks, by the way, who, who everything's scripted for the quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. if they don't play well, that's really bad. Um, you know, so normally you get a combine, right? In the combine, you get the physical measurements and you get the mental testing and you get the interview process. Yes. And the thing about the physical measurements is they're very uniform, right? Because everyone's doing it on the same field. Mm-hmm. They're doing it under the same timing system, which is
4: uh, uh,
7: electric um, uh, and, and using lasers. And they're all in the same playing field. Now, you're not going to always get the best scores in in those situations because of the way it's it's, it's situated. You, you might go 45 minutes between doing a drill. You might have to go back at the end and make something up because your position drill started. So it's not it's not always an accurate assessment of what a player can do. You you've been there for three days already. You're a little exhausted. And then the pro day comes around, you're at home, you're often at your own stadium or at your own indoor facility, you have, you're have well rested, you're ready to go. And so your numbers are better at pro day, but you can typically can balance those out with the evaluation of numbers at the combine. Well, this year we don't have that, there's no combine. So we only have pro days to go by. And I think a lot of teams um, are going to not put as much time into the numbers as they Used to, I think it's a small piece of what they did, anyways. I think they're just going to look for red flags. I don't think they're going to like look at oh, guy ran a 4 four four a four three four by his strength coach at his pro day. Eh, you know, it probably is a a four four five if someone else timed it. They're going to be okay. He's fast. He's fast. We get it. Um, but if it's a wide receiver and he runs a four eight at pro day, you're like oh yikes! Like it's supposed to be some home cooking and you still ran slow. That's why I think. These numbers will matter a lot to uh, to the scouts. And lastly, you know, pro day used to be open to anyone. You could bring seventeen members of your franchise if you wanted to. This year, only three. So you know, you have general managers maybe timing forties who haven't timed to forty really in like thirteen years because they don't they don't do as much of that anymore at uh, pro days. And so. Um, it's just it's different, but it's still it's still important. Players like to perform well and like to show what they can do.
5: It's always amazing to me. I remember, and I'm going to go back in time as often I do here. Uh, the year was 1999, and Ricky Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, who everyone knew was going to be a very high pick in the draft, had a pro day in San Diego. That's originally where he's from, from the San Diego area. And I'll never forget this because here was a guy that was going to be a top five pick in the draft. And yet like 30 teams sent a scout or multiple scouts to be at this pro day. And the reason that so many people showed up is it was San Diego. And they figure, well, I go down to San Diego for a few days, get a little golf in and everything else. So I went down there and I wanted to check this whole scene out. You'll laugh on this one, Jeff. So I go out there, and you got literally dozens of scouts all over the field, and it was an overcast day in San Diego. Rare, right? And I'm listening in on the conversation. Are they talking about Ricky Williams? No. They're talking about their bitching and moaning that the weather's not as good as they thought it was going to be coming to San Diego. So now it comes down to him running like a 40-yard dash, right? And everyone's sitting there with their stopwatches. And so he's running, right? And they're all like click, 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 right at the finish line. What'd you get? 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 get? And the whole time I'm thinking, this is a guy who played four years at the University of Texas. Oh, yeah. You got four years of watching him to evaluate whether or not this guy has what it takes to have a game that translates to the National Football League. And you're all standing around looking at your stopwatches saying, what'd you get, what'd you get, what'd you get, what'd you get, what'd you get? What'd you get? I'm like, "What? <laughs> come on. I mean, I, I I understand this about the combine. This is what I've always been told, Jeff. The two most important aspects of the combine are the physicals 100%. and the interviews. The physicals yeah. and the interviews are, we can talk about all the stuff made for TV and all this, you know. Yeah, but so the, yeah. the physicals. And the interviews are the biggest takeaway from the Combines.
7: 100%. So the physical is why the combine started. So it's one centralized place to do all the medical evaluations. And it's a long day. There's six different rooms you go to. um, And there's five or six teams in each room. And you go there and they look at your entire medical history. So there's one, excuse me, there's a team doctor and a trainer and multiple personnel from every team. And so there's you know, six teams in one room, five in another. And you go there, and they all just start putting their hands on you. And they start feeling out, okay, um, you know, like, is, you know, is this – okay, well, his knee – I remember they found – they're like, oh, his, his knee's loose. And I was like, that was four years ago. I've been playing – fine. <laughs> like, they find everything. And then they give you MRIs. I mean, guys have sometimes some seven MRIs to take. And oh, you go, I hear
5: they poke and prod you oh, like there's no tomorrow.
7: It's 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 the longest day, and it's it makes you feel like – there's no chance you have an opportunity to play because you're just like, oh, they found every injury I've ever had. Right. And this way, it's one centralized place So, you know, look, they, they have found in the past players with heart conditions. Uh, they have found, you know, d- you know, degenerative knee concerns, right, or bone-on-bone bone and things that maybe weren't disclosed by your college. And um, that's what the combine is about. And the interview part, so a couple, of different, a couple of different aspects to that. There's a giant ballroom uh, at, at the hotel, and it's like a big, uh, uh, like it's like a hoarding pit. It's like where we, they hoard all of us, a, a holding center where they put all of us in a, in a room every night. And so after dinner or whatever, they all, we all go in this room. Like every athlete's in the room, every team has a table. They pull you aside um, and they, you know, they kind of. And most of the time, it's kind of frustrating. They ask the same questions all the time. Why do you love football? Tell me your best games, your worst games, blah blah blah. And then you know, you might talk to a position coach and whatnot. The big interviews though happen in private. You get fifteen up to fifteen interviews with a team. They're fifteen minutes long. And you go into the meeting room and I and I had one. And I should have known I was gonna be a, a low draft pick when I had one private interview. My brother I had like twelve. Okay, second round draft pick. Right. And you go in there and they, they talk to you and you know, they ask you I remember mine was with the Seahawks, Mike Holmgren, and he pulled up a play of mine. Like it's Washington State. He goes, "You weren't going as hard on this play. Why? Why not?" And I was like, "Well, I, I, don't, know. I, I don't forget <laughs> what I said. Maybe like I said it's like it's Washington State or something." I can't even um,
5: imagine me even put in that. Like, and, how how are you supposed to answer that question?
7: Well, I think I think the the number one thing is just to be honest, right? I th- and I really think I just said like, "Yeah, it was Washington State. I just didn't didn't need to go as hard." Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what I said. And then um, I, I had a coach one time tell me that his job on the team was to try to get um, the, pl- the the player to cry in those meetings if the coach asked him to do so. Right, like just berate him. Um and, you know, and it's like for quarterbacks though, you know they'll, they'll they'll have you draw a player. They'll draw a play up, and then twelve minutes later they have you draw it up again. Um, and everyone does it a little differently. And so that's gone this year, right? You can't do that. Um, and so there's, a you know, I'm trying to figure out some of these, you know, like a Trey Lance, for example, from North Dakota State. I'm sure they would love to be able to get them on the board. You can't do any of that this year. It's not to be all virtual.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, It's it's this is going to be a challenge. But, again, they're paying these scouts, general managers, personnel people to figure it out. And that's why I'm paying you. I'm an owner. I'm I'm hiring you to find the best talent for our team. All right, speaking of best talent for the team, on the other side, we're going to talk about a huge deal given to Dak Prescott by the Cowboys. It's the reaction of the owner that everyone's talking about. Coming up next. Steve Arbin and Jeff Schwartz. Keeping our eyes on all this college basketball action going on right now. The Illinois-Iowa game is underway, and Iowa's in deep. They're already down 6-2, to game over. Right? Isn't that the way you normally react, Iowa, Sam? Like you're down early, or you're not one of those types early in the game? Game just started, Steve. Game just started. Yeah. Okay. By the way, we are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call one farmers You can save a whole lot of something on you know, auto insurance. All right, I want to play this soundbite from Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, as they uh, had this press conference for Dak Prescott, who signed a new four-year contract extension that included a record $66 million signing bonus. Here's what the owner of the Cowboys had to say. Most anything that I've ever been involved in that ended up being special, I overpaid for every time to the end. Anytime I've tried to get a bargain, I got just that. It was a bargain (laughs) in a lot of ways and not up to standard. If there's a human breathing that I've ever met that I'm proud that uh, took advantage of me financially, I'm proud it's the one sitting to the right. <laughs> All right. So here's basically what I hear out of Jerry Jones. I'm overpaying you. you you've won me exactly one playoff game. Make me eat my words. I mean, that, that to me is what I'm hearing for Jerry Jones. I'm overpaying you.
7: Make me eat my words. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it didn't seem um, like a vote of confidence, did
5: no, it? No, that's my whole point. In other words, he's saying, look, based on what you've done so far, one playoff win, what I'm giving you, I'm overpaying you. But you have an opportunity to make me eat my words, where a couple of years from now, when the salaries continue to rise around the NFL, suddenly I look at what I'm paying you, and I'm getting a bargain rate for what you're giving me on the field.
7: The you know, Dak Prescott deal comes back to very simply the Cowboys screwed up the timing of when they should have given this deal. And a lot of people will say that he that this is always his plan. That his, his plan was always to just take the tag twice and then get to the free agency. Because you're going to make far more money getting tagged twice and getting a free agency than you would have gotten um, if you had signed two years ago. Which is absolutely true. But the Cowboys should have found a way to get this done. Okay. After three seasons, you don't want to do it. Fine. Right. In three seasons, he had made the playoffs twice. They won a playoff game. Okay. I get it. Still a little early. You don't quite, quite know. Then after 2019, you and A. Nate, I get it. Dak was very efficient. Dak was good. You should have signed him then. And I contend this, Steve, and I think I'm right about this. I don't think the Cowboys are, and they are now, but I think this had to do more with this injury, but they're not. They're not totally sold on Dak as their guy. They're not 100% in with Dak as his guy.
5: Well, I mean, exactly the point. He's not 100% sold on him. The clock is ticking on Jerry Jones. This is a franchise that has won three playoff games over the last 24 seasons. Three! In oh, yeah. 24 seasons. They also had a team that was 28th in the league in points allowed in 2020. Their defense sucks. So, I don't know what they're hoping Dak Prescott can do, but we're going to find out shortly. All right, much more NFL news and what to expect on Selection Sunday. Coming up next.
1: Do you love Selena?
5: Like, really love
3: Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Rolling on on this Saturday before Selection Sunday. Hartman and Schwartz with you. We are broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch. You could save on your auto insurance. What else are you going to do with your phone over the next few minutes? Look at pictures of food your friends ate. Again, call 888 Farmers for a quote. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So how are things in the uh, Carolina area these days?
7: They are good. Um we haven't had rain in like ten days. We need a little bit of rain, but mm-hmm. otherwise, uh man, I'll tell you what. Um we are rolling through vaccines right now. Like I am ah. they're like we got an alert today that vaccines at CVS for on Tuesday, the Pfizer vaccine, like we are. We're making it work. They're going to. Um,
5: I'm to getting cruise. vaccinated at a CVS on Tuesday. I'm getting my first vaccination. I, I get mine Monday. Really? Let's go. Let's so go. I'm got my first. one you know, set up, you get the first and second is like a month later. Yeah. But I I'm, I'm doing it. Well, the reason I'm not doing it Monday, I could have done it Monday, but you know I do this wacky schedule where yeah. I do TV until midnight in LA and get it back to San Diego two a.m. and I do a morning show. So I don't even go to bed. So I said, well, forget Monday. I'm in, you know, la-la land. So, yeah, Tuesday morning after I finish my radio show, 10 a.m., boom, CBS, there I am, ready to roll.
7: It's so interesting out here because um, they said the other day we're going to Group 4 next next week. And Group 4 is like literally everyone that hasn't been vaccinated yet. And they even said that uh, the public health official uh, the other day said, like, we're not even going to ask you mm-hmm. if you qualify to, or, like, provide proof that you're in Group 4 if you say you're in Group 4. I'm like, why don't you just say it's free for everyone? Like, just right. don't get it. Like, why, why would you even say, like, well, look, it's Group 4, but guess what? We're not actually going to ask for proof that you're in Group 4. <laughs> like, just, just say, open for anyone. Go get it when you can. Yeah. So,
5: well, eventually school. everybody is going to get these shots. And by the way, here in California, and you are a
7: California uh, native. i there next week, actually. I tried to come in the studio Well, Saturday. you're going to be no happy
5: because they've been uh, lowered to the red level, meaning that there will be limited indoor dining at restaurants. Ooh, look at you There guys. will be uh, limited uh, indoor workout. The gyms, that's what I'm looking for, getting back to the gym indoors, none of the outdoor workout stuff. Oh, we've um, that for a while. So, um, yeah. So, you know California always the last to do these things but the good news is is that uh not only LA County Orange County San Diego nice. County uh they are uh, making it red level meaning that uh, you can go to your favorite dining establishments it, in Southern California again about 10% like, capacity but you can eat inside isn't red like not good it's um, it's not you want to get to orange uh, oh, orange okay. so the I, purple is like yeah. is where we've been stuck forever okay. like purple is like yeah. you nothing indoors uh now though Red level, limited indoors, and then you want to get to that orange level. That's the key.
7: I'm in town the end of next week for this project we talked about last week, the offensive line camp. Project. Right? How's that and going? It's well, we'll film it. We're we'll going to Dallas next week to. How many? How many? How many
5: now this is again. It's so we've seen this before. We talked to Jeff about this last week, where you've seen like the Gruden uh, quarterback camps and everything said. Yeah. But this is going to be specifically for offensive yes. linemen. So uh, remind our listeners out there, how's this all going to work? How, ma- how many participants? So we have, do you have lined up.
7: We have five. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing four in Dallas. And I'll tell you right now, we have the top two tackles in the draft. We have um, the top center in the draft. Um, we have the uh, the Quinn from uh, Whitewater, Wisconsin, who's mm-hmm. the D3 kid who had a great senior bowl. I'm so excited to talk to him. He didn't play this season, showed up at the senior bowl as a Division three kid and kicked butt. It's an offensive lineman. It's a great, great story. So I'm excited to talk to him as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm out in Los Angeles to do one of the guys to film one of the guys next uh, on Friday. And I called our boss and was like, "Hey, can I come in Saturday?" And he said no. So I bring in my my comrades with me to Los Angeles. I'm going to do this on Saturday.
5: All right. Well, I tell you what. Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking here at available cap space. Uh, around the National Football League. The number one team as far as current cap space is the Jaguars. Makes a little sense there. Yeah. Uh, Jets are at number two. So those two make sense. You know who's at number three? The Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this is a playoff team yep. that has the third most available cap space. Obviously, they acquired Carson Wentz in the deal with the Eagles, but... Is this a team sitting
7: pretty right now,
5: the Indianapolis
7: Colts? Um, it is, and I, I don't expect them to, to spend much in free agency, which is it's kind of funny because um, – you know, Do you save it for money.
5: another year, or well, what do you do with this money?
7: Well, so here's here's where I think they spend it. So the, their, their two biggest holes right now are wide receiver and left tackle. Right. Okay. Left tackle, it's a great draft for tackles, and they're sitting at 21 – They can get themselves um, a quality. Now, the question is at 21, you're probably reaching for the next best left tackle. Mm -hmm. So, the top two guys, maybe three guys are going to go in the top 15 ish. You know, maybe there's the second level of left tackle, maybe too early to draft them there. I don't know. Um, But this is a great free agent class for wide receiver. And for offensive line, the question becomes money. The Colts are not going to pay Trent Williams, the the tackle out of San Francisco. I hear Trent is staying in San Francisco. I thought everyone says too, but he hasn't. He's not signed yet, and I so know. until that happens, we can keep speculating he's going elsewhere. I think what the Colts do is take a is get a wide receiver in free agency and go tackle in the draft. And here's why I think wide receiver is a good option for them in free agency. There are so many wide receivers. Mm-hmm. This. I mean, there's a, a list of, of 10 to 15 of, you know, pr- not, not premier guys, but guys we're, can be number one guys. And you are in a spot where no one's going to pay all of them. So some of these guys are going to drop down to maybe a middle tier. So there's Kenny Galladay. Will Fuller, Antonio Brown, Juju, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Nelson Aguilar, Marvin Jones, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, T. Way Hilton. Was obviously Is Gallaudet number one on your list? Yes, by far. Yeah, um, by far. It would have been Allen Robinson if, right. if, if he was. And so but again, the Colts don't strike me as someone who's going to pay, you know, 15 million dollars a year for a wide receiver. Right. They'll get, you know, they'll get themselves Juju Smith for half that money or Corey Davis for half that money. Because again, with, with a market, a, the cap, you talked about the cap is down $17 million this year. B not every, there's three teams that really need a number one wide receiver. And and the Colts, I think are considered maybe in that tier as well, but you're not going to have everyone paying all these guys, all this money. So, you know, Kenny Galladay will go to, let's say Miami and he'll get $18 million a year. The Colts can get someone a tad below him, for half that price when there's just no other place for them to go. All right, so from
5: three on the cap list to number four, and that would be the New England Patriots. Want to get your thoughts on the Pats right now. First of all, the one-year $14 million deal for Cam Newton. What did you think of that? And they got $56 yeah. million in cap space Which direction do the Patriots go? Because, you know, the Patriots over the years haven't always had a lot of cap space, but they've been able to, you know, get some of the bottom feeders, so to speak. Let everybody else spend the big money on free agency. And it's amazing what they have gotten from the leftovers over the years. So is it a different tactic for Belichick as far as free agency is concerned? And what did you make of the one-year $14 million deal for Cam Newton?
7: I believe it's, it, it, and this is you know some of these deals are very misleading, right? It's it's a one year deal, that's like five million in base salary right. and nine million in incentives. Well, look at the Patriots. Who who is better on the market right now? Jameis Winston, um, you know, is it, you draft Mac Jones to be your guy? And remember, Cam played. Pretty well the first month before he got COVID in a year when he was added, you know, late to the roster. Obviously,
5: right? A year with COVID. So you figure so, if he has a full off season to work this offense yeah. and they're working with his skill set, yeah. it would be significantly yes. better.
7: So here's what I think they should do: I think they should overpay for Kenny Galladay. Like ah. just, get, just get, get you, you just traded back for Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. Your offensive line is getting more solidified. You need to get Cam weapons and you need to get Cam as many as you can get because it's never you're never gonna know if it's gonna work with Cam if you don't get him the guys to throw the ball to. And and you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't pay for overpay for Galladay, but you pay for someone else. You juju to me doesn't fit them personality-wise. I'm not sure that fits what Bill wants to do, but you have to do it. You have to get yourself the weapons for Cam Newton to even test out, to know if he's your guy moving forward.
5: You know, on the other side of things, there are teams that are way over the cap right now. Way over the cap. Which means they still have to figure out ways to get back to just even ground in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And how are they going to do that? We're going to run down some of the teams right now that we we may see some pretty big names coming off the board real quick. Coming up next we're talking about salary caps in the NFL. Free agency begins on Wednesday. And by the way, by Wednesday, any team that is over the cap has got to get back to even money. There are four teams right now with four days to go, Jeff, that are at least $20 million over the cap. Which means they're going to have to restructure contracts, cut guys, and some of them are pretty prominent teams. The number one team over the cap right now, the New Orleans Saints are 38 million over the cap. They have four days to give it back. 38 million dollars. What is the situation with Drew Brees? Uh, but by the way, even if they even if he were to retire, they're gonna be carrying some dead money with Drew Brees, but we assumed that Drew Brees was going to announce his retirement. Maybe wait till after the Super Bowl. What's the holdup here?
7: I don't know what the holdup is. It feels like he's planning on to play now. He he restructured his deal where he's only making a million dollars this year. Now the, the the base salary is not as important as as the cap number, right? And the cap number. Varies depending on what time of year he retires, and of course he can retire now. By the way, and they could just not charge it to the cap till June first, right? And then that, that saves somebody like ten million dollars. But man, I, I saw a video of the today of Chase Daniel and him working out together. He didn't feel like he's retiring, does he?
5: No, no. But I, I'm telling, you, look at they've already been they've been releasing Sanders, Jenkins, Morstead, Hill, Alexander, baby. I mean, they again they've got four days. Yeah. to lop off another $38 million. Yeah, B-
7: Breeze is not that much on their caps. Here's, here's what they do. So, you know, they have a couple young players like Orion Ramchek or, a, you know, a, um, and they just franchise Marcus Williams. So with like with Ryan Ramchek, he's making I think uh, his fifth year option so you just give him a, a new deal and a new deal right it, it lowers his cap number and you get to spread out that signing bonus you restructure contracts we talked about earlier you you you, you give guys you know Tyrone Armstead Their left tackle but it's a ton of money guess what we're going to convert all of it to a signing bonus, and we'll lower your, you know, your cap number by nine million dollars. And that's how you do it. And they better do it quickly because um, there's not much time left.
5: No, another team that's in cap hell, and this was predictable, is the Rams. Uh, they're 31 million over the cap right now. And understand this: when the trade of God becomes official, even though we we know the deal's done, it's not an official trade. They're going to be carrying 34 million dollars in dead money this year. Uh, they're over 30 million over the cap right now. Uh, they got major, major problems, and I don't know where the Rams are going to cut. I mean, you can talk talk about restructuring contracts again. Four days to go to get this 31 million off the books, but this is a team that is heading in the wrong direction when it comes to the salary
7: cap. I mean, they're going to do the same thing everyone else does. They're going to restructure. Um Aaron, Aaron Donald, <laughs> they're going to restructure. Matt Stafford, um, they're going to find ways to restructure. Andrew Whitworth, they're restructure all these. That's what they're going to push money in the future because they're saying the salary cap in four or five years could reach $250 million because of the new money that's coming to the NFL. So if you do that, then pushing money to the future doesn't matter as much, right? So that is what teams will continue to do. One team,
5: unlike the Saints and the Rams that were playoff teams – The Eagles were the worst team in the worst division, at least for a single season in the history of the National Football League, and they're $28 over on the cap. To say that the Eagles are in trouble (laughs) would be the understatement of the century. I mean, what are they going to do in Philadelphia? I mean, we're talking about a franchise. I mean, should they just throw in the towel and just release a bunch of players and just say, all right, look, this is a complete do-over. This is this is absolutely a complete do over because that's where they find themselves financially right now.
7: It's just it's very hard to um, it's it, it just it's very hard to to just admit that you kind of screwed up, and it feels like they're just going to have to admit they screwed everything up and just be bad for a little bit time, which again. Hard to do, man. Hard to admit that you're bad. Um But if you so- were to ask Eagle fans before they
5: won that Super Bowl, I-, I guarantee you this, if you were to ask them before that game, all right, you're gonna beat the Patriots and win your first Super Bowl of all time. Here's the trade-off. Within five years, you're gonna be the worst team in the league. Would you sign up for that? Would you sign up for a win over the Patriots in this Super Bowl? knowing that 5 years from now you're going to be the worst franchise in the NFL. And I guarantee you 99.999% of Eagle fans say, "Where do I sign? I just want to win a Super Bowl." Yeah. Now, it doesn't feel so good now, but that's pretty much
7: what happened. Yeah. Um well, obviously winning is what you want to see. I mean, you know, it's great that you um you know, it's great that you got there. Um I, you know, I just don't know again like if people if, if people will be accepting of that,
5: well, just getting there. But but at the time, you know what I'm talking about. I've always said this about if if you were a young football player, let's say you're a 20 year old football player, and all you think about is and your only dream is to play in the National Football League and be a star in the NFL, and the devil comes along, right? Devil's like, uh, so you love uh, football. Oh, it's it's my life. It's my I I dream about the NFL. Yeah, but you know what? You just you don't have it. You, you just don't have it. But I can change all that. Really? How can you do that? Well, I'll tell you what. I am going to give you, this is the devil speaking to you, everything it's necessary to not only be an NFL-level player, but you're going to be a star in the NFL and everything that comes along with it, all the riches and the popularity and everything else. Great. Where do I sign up? Ah, well, there's a little caveat. You're going to drop dead on your 50th birthday. <laughs> And you're like, when you're 20, 50 seems like 100. Like, where do I sign up? I'm oh yeah, of... when
7: you no no kids, no family.
5: Yeah, you're just you, you know. know like you're like 20 years old, 50 years old. That's like 100 years from now. You're not thinking logically, right? So you sign up, and you get all the glory. And guess what happens on your 50th birthday? So I, I just always like to play with that. I know that's a little morbid, but the whole idea, like you know. And and, and the Patriots did this to some degree. I mean, that's what Belichick was selling last year is that we got to four Super Bowls in five years. We won three of them. And now we got to pay the price for that. We kicked it down the road. We can't pay any more. And now we have to do the do-over. That is the way this NFL salary cap works. You can kick the can down the road, but only
7: for so long. Um, Yeah. And, um, you know, that is, that's, yeah, but here's the thing about it is that if if we didn't have this COVID year mm-hmm. where the cap was down, yeah, would it really would it matter? Because like, we keep like which team lately has not been able to win because of salary cap.
5: Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to look over the years as far as which teams went into a season with a negative salary cap. I, I want to go a little different with you on this. Talk about one more team that's got a negative cap right now. That's the Chicago Bears. They're seventeen million over, and yet we're talking about a deal to land Russell Wilson. How? 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 I mean, you talk about fantasy land. Where? Where? where where are we going? Do you honestly believe there is any chance that the Seattle Seahawks are going to make some kind of deal with a Bears team, which, by the way, made okay. the playoffs a year ago? They don't have any attractive players. They don't have really an attractive quarterback to give you in return. They don't have attractive draft picks to give you. Is this pure
7: fantasy land, or is this something that's got some meat on the bone? So let's talk about this. Okay. Because it's a it's a great topic, and and people have talked about it a lot this week. Okay. So – we understand, everyone, that first-round draft picks are not all equal, correct? Right. A th- the third pick overall in this draft gets you, at the minimum, either Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, or Justin Fields. Right. Okay, a- a Three quarterbacks, people believe, can be legit. You know, and the, and the, the order of those guys varies depending on what team you are. The second pick, the, the, the Jets pick, you're guaranteed one of those three guys as well. The Bears pick 20th in the draft. Right. You're not guaranteed a quarterback at 20. Nope. And – you're, you're, you know, um, maybe Mac Jones. It, 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 yeah, but uh, really, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. He might be on the board at 20. There you go. Uh, I mean, he might be, but I, I just, so if Seattle were to trade, I know Colin Cowart the other day, he, you know, he thinks five first round picks will do it. Well, yes, <laughs> five first round picks will be great. And, and I'm, and, and that, that would definitely get Seattle listening but the problem with those picks is right. they're not going to be high draft. Picks, right. High I mean, picks. 20, 20. I heard because Colin say the same thing. Seattle's, I said Seattle's going to be good every year. So right. five is a lot. And I think Seattle, if they were to trade him, it would take a package like that. Right. To make the trade. But if those picks are all going to be in the late 20s, that's not as enticing as just saying, hey, we'll just keep the cap charge and keep on our team.
5: Let me ask you this, though, about not only the situation with Russell Wilson, but the situation with Deshaun Watson. Are we just waiting until the draft? Because obviously any trade for either one of those guys is going to include multiple number one picks. So I can't imagine a deal being done after the draft. So are are we basically going to sit on these potential deals until literally days or
7: weeks before the draft? If anything's gonna get done at all? Um I think Deshaun Watson happens right at the draft. I think the Bears and Seahawks have to figure out Russell Wilson before before the salary cap stuff, before the start of the season. Because you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna attack for agency. Um, you know, the, the trades for Deshaun Watson, let's say the Jets and Dolphins, you're pretty much attacking for agency the same way, right? You're going like if you're the Dolphins. If he's there or not, you need a wide receiver.
5: By the way, I um, just got an update here from uh, Adam Schefter uh, talking about how the Bears are going to make up for their being way over the cap. Apparently, they're going to convert the base salaries of Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair into signing bonuses. That's the Bears'
2: answer they're, they're, to that.
7: That's, that's what I just said. It's what yeah. you do. Um, and, you know, People saying, well, trade Khalil Mack. I think Khalil Mack is great, mm-hmm. but... Um, why does Seattle want Khalil Mack for Russell Wilson? Like, what does that do for them? They don't get right. any more wins. Um, Bears fans are illusional. It's, it, I mean, I guess all fan bases on Twitter seem to be pretty delusional. You can add, tweet me at Jeff Shorts and you could see all the, the <laughs> just, just, just know that I hate your favorite team. And now my brother's not on the Chiefs anymore. I guess I hate the Chiefs. Now. Um, I will still, I might not, I might not be a Chiefs fan. Fan like per se anymore. I, right. I, I will always like Andy Reid. I played there with him. Mm-hmm. I always like Andy it's offensive line coach. And I know the staff there. Still the same staff and the training room and the equipment room. And I love those guys a lot. Uh, I have relationships with them. They're great. You know, what I live and die with every game. Probably not, but I'm still going to hate the Raiders. I decided. Gonna, <laughs> it's, just, it's a lot of fun to dislike the Raiders, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm like, I think I'm going to continue doing that.
5: I, I just imagine this. I mean. Jeff puts a lot of work into all this. Obviously, you hear it every Saturday here. Just for like a day, like saying, hey, Jeff, we're going to give you an opportunity to be the general manager of all 32 NFL teams simultaneously. All right? To make each team's situation the best it could possibly be. You think you could pull something like that off? Where you actually create as, as equal a playing field Based on available resources as humanly possible.
7: Um, you know what's what's funny is a lot of people would say yes. I think that that's hard to do. <laughs> well, I mean, um, it's sort of like if, being and, the bachelor and, and when they have twenty-five easier, women show yeah.
5: up and it sounds like it sounds great until you're uh, in the room and all of a sudden you're standing at twenty five
7: women. I've thought about that before. Oh like that would just be oh. the most miserable thing ever. <laughs> like you see it, these guys, they age like five years and five weeks. And um, what's incredible about that is, mm-hmm. I mean, they really do sequester you. Like I, I've I've talked to Jordan Rogers about this sure. uh, before. Like you don't talk to the outside world. You were in that house yep. by yourself mm-hmm. for weeks on end. Uh, I'm excited, by the way. Emmanuel Ocho, um, you know, does uh, speak for yourself. He's right. Um, he's going to be hosting this on Monday, I believe it is. He uh, is going to be hosting I'm it. A, it yes. Be the first time I watch, I watched The Bachelor. I, I know. Manny and I went to, we went to broadcast boot camp together. We're in the same group. I got a picture of us uh, uh, <laughs> after we like did a mock. After we did a mock, um, you know, with Scott Hansen, like a mock, uh, you know, studio show. Uh,
5: by the way, Chris Harrison's going to be sitting out next
7: season. Yeah, I saw they didn't that. say
5: that he's permanently gone. I, uh, he's understand- I, you know I've I've had a chance to uh, speak to Chris a few times and uh, by and large he's a good guy and everything else I think he's burned out to be honest with you, I think he he wouldn't mind I, taking I, a year I, off
7: I didn't pay attention to the scandal uh, what happened there uh, I'm, I'm happy know, that I mean, Manny gets the opportunity to host sure. uh, on on Monday and uh, I But again
5: like, can you imagine walking into a room with those 25 I, women I could I I could not and I've they're just clawing times, like, all over you they're like, uh, like it's a competition but like, is fierce
7: but, yeah. like, isn't it? it wouldn't be funny if they had a guy like me on that show, like just a big old fat <laughs> offensive I lineman. I guarantee
5: you those 25 women would think you are Brad Pitt, George Clooney, all spun in uh, one. They like, would be – the they, they are competitive uh, and they are coming uh, at you. like –
7: it's yeah. And yeah, Chris <laughs> The Harrison, gold he,
5: ticket is waiting at the end. Yeah, he
7: executive produces that too, right? Like he's just—he's he, he, more than the host. I, so. I, I
5: sat it's in. I actually mm-hmm. took my daughter, uh, the, my former makeup uh, woman for KTLA, has done makeup for The Bachelor since season one, so I was able to take my daughter to uh, the actual taping of the Women Tell All. So there's like 130 people in the studio audience. I think there were nine men. I was one of nine men in the room. The rest are all women. And I'm watching, because this is The Bachelor with all these women mouthing off and everything. Chris came over to say hi. And I told him, I said, you know, a lot of people would just think you're, like, stealing money. And to some ways, you are. But I would not want to be doing what you're doing right now. I mean, this was a nine-hour taping. Oh, nine hours. Uh, Nine-hour taping. And we couldn't leave our seats.
7: (laughs) And I've done... No cell phones. I've done some... I've, I've formed, I filmed two sizzles in my life. One was right. with my brother for a cooking show. And believe it or not, I don't know if I shared this story. I've mm-hmm. shared it before. No surprise. When I got to New Jersey, I had a PR guy. Right? I was playing for the Giants. He goes, hey, uh, Real Housewives is looking for like new, new people. Right. And they were going from Italian to Jewish. Real mm-hmm. Housewives of New Jersey. They wanted my right. wife. So we went through the whole process we were on the finalists. They came to the house and f- filmed it for an entire day at the house. And it was the most awkward thing of all time. And they were there the entire day. Oh, was, I, I it, can't it was describe so, it. It was so miserable.
5: I was you know, sitting in seats behind <laughs> Harrison. So we had a clap the entire time. I had no feeling left in my hands. I. I it was just it was a nightmare uh so yeah be careful what you wish for speaking of the bachelor uh once again we are broadcasting live from the farmers insurance fox sports radio studios called 188 farmers is what you could save a bun on your auto insurance you know what's trending right now a guy that's a prime candidate always to be the next bachelor that is david gascon man so you walk in that room and there are 25 women just clawing to get at you shows awful and how would you react to that? You're used to that, though, with the women. So, I mean, but 25 at the same time? Uh, would that be complicated?
6: Uh, no, I'd probably uh, be texting a couple guys, like wingmen. You don't have <laughs> well, your phone. Yeah, yeah there's no oh, phone. Right. You
5: have no connection to the outside world while this is going on.
6: That's right. You're all in right.
5: your hotel room, and then you show up, and the group dates, one-on-ones, all well, that kind of well, stuff. Well,
6: I think the tactic there is to go after the least Um I, guess, I don't want to say the, the worst looking, because mm-hmm. it's not possible. Right. But I'd say like the least attractive, yeah. that's even remotely possible in a room like that. Just because if there's the one that you think is the hottest or the best looking or yeah. a great personality, mm-hmm. give her the least attention. Mm-hmm. That way she feels neglected and tries a little bit harder. <laughs> um, oh, they're all so trying you, hard. So you, they're so on a
7: TV show. You've, you've thought about this oh, before. No. Yeah, he's, well, have it out.
6: Haven't you guys seen uh, A Beautiful Mind? Yes, I yes, have. Absolutely. Russell Crowe in that movie talked about that when they were all in a
7: bar with right, the like
6: four yeah. of them. You're right. And he says, like, you guys all don't want to go after the hottest one in there because you guys would all be fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. But if you separate and go after all her friends, then she's on the outside looking in.
5: Oh, there's a way to go about that. Yeah. Some of us understand that. My,
6: my favorite show on all that stuff is Temptation Island. Yeah. <laughs> temptation island is is really good that's like 10 couples that go i've seen that one 10 single
5: people men and women
6: i'm
5: a man yeah and you're okay switching off and all that kind of stuff
6: no no but i mean it's you're you're going down that rabbit hole to see who's who's loyal and who's not (laughs) right
5: Right.
6: Mm. that's because you get the fame right like a lot you guys just mentioned it it's a completely different world when they come inside your house
5: so when you applied for all these shows what kind of response did
6: you get I, I never applied for these shows. Oh, I thought you good I assume you uh, I can't do that. No, right. Gascon's coming up. No, well, not like that. Um, guys, uh, college basketball today. A uh, few games right now. One of them at the break. Illinois leading Iowa 45-37. LSU and Arkansas also at recess 40-37. Tigers had the advantage in that one. Earlier today, Michigan lost to Ohio State 68-67. Wolverines now 20-4 this season. Alabama advances, Cincinnati down by six to Wichita State. Shockers are 16-4 on the year, 49-43. To NBA today, on a handful of games. Joel Embiid will be out at least two to three weeks with a hyperextended knee. Knicks dropped the Thunder 119-97. Julius Randle's had a great season so far. Triple-double, 26 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists. Steve, if you had to go on any dating show, what would it be?
5: Um, I like the old dating game. Uh, Ah. I thought that that was... uh, I had friends that actually... I mean, this is showing my age here, but... um yeah, You
6: know, if 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 I had to see you in any game show, to be frank, yeah. it would probably be Hollywood
5: Squares. I was on Hollywood Squares. Were you? I was. Oh, it was great. Sportscasters Week. It was back in 2001. Jim Hill and I competed against each other. That's good, man. That was not a good situation, knowing that I worked with Jim. <laughs> and I only missed one question. Yeah. I won three straight rounds. And I won the bonus question. Nice so here's what happened so i won ten thousand dollars for a charity of my choice and i won a seven thousand dollar trip to jamaica for some studio audience by winning the bonus question and I I came home with a T-shirt and a home version of Hollywood Squares. That's, That's awesome. what I got. So uh, what
6: was the one question you missed?
5: I don't. It was Bruce Flance, uh got me on one. But I, I'll tell you a quick story here. You ready for this? I mean, we're really going off off the rails here. But all right. So it was they had like a sports theme to this is one Whoopi Goldberg. She was the center square. All right. So above Whoopi Goldberg was Brad Garrett, you know from uh, Everyone Loves Raymond. And below him was Gilbert Godfrey. So Brad Garrett above her, Gilbert Godfrey below her. And they had all these sports, you know, each one of the squares was all decorated with a bunch of sports stuff. So I was going to go to Brad Garrett. But I was torn between either going below her or above her. And so I said, and this was on Tom Bergeron was the host of the show. I said, I'm going to go to Brad Gilbert. Because he had a bunch of tennis stuff there, and I was thinking about the tennis stuff. And, 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 and you know, Tom's looking at me like, who? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't realize what I just said. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Brad Garrett. So I felt bad. And he seemed a little miffed, like that I had said, you know, whatever. So now I get to the bonus question, and I can choose any star for the bonus question. And normally they give you the answer because they want you to win. Again, it's, you know, for somebody, it's not even for me. It's for somebody else. So I said, look, I want to go to Brad Garrett. You know, I felt like I owed him, right? And it was an Oscar question. So you know I knew the answer. And it's, you know, will you agree or disagree? And Garrett gives me the wrong answer with a straight face. And I'm looking at him like, really? So Bergeron (laughs) goes, agree or disagree? And I'm like... I will disagree. Oh. And I couldn't believe he did that. I tried to pull that. Don't pull that on me, man. <laughs> Don't even try to pull that on me. All right. Once again, we're broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call one eight eight farmers a switch You could save a bundle on your auto insurance. All right. On the other side, we are going to get caught up on everything to expect on Selection Sunday.
3: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
2: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Ritchie because John Stamos's
3: picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: All right, Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. It is that time when you have a rooting interest in the NCAA tournament where you're a little bit on the edge of your seat, like right now, speaking of edge of his seat, Iowa Sam, whose Hawkeyes are down eight at the half to the, perhaps the hottest team in America right now. And that's going to be the fighting Illini of Illinois. I mean, they went into Ann Arbor and blew out Michigan by 23. And Illinois, you talk about a hot pick for the upcoming NCAA tournament, Illinois, could be that, and they're looking every bit the part. Are you going to come back to win this game, or are you conceding this loss? Well, down by eight, and they sh- it should
6: have
3: been less, but any you make a dumb mistake against Illinois, they make you pay for it. And Coburn's been
5: great. He was had a fantastic first half. Sure. Io DeSumo's fantastic, had a lot of assists. Mm. They're tough, man. They're tough. Yeah, Illinois is on a roll right now, that is for sure. Debbie Gascon, of course, brilliant as always. Uh, he will inform us the second he is chosen for one of these bachelor shows. Can't wait to see him out there with all the ladies. Always a quick be... and easy show with you guys, but yeah. too short. Too wait, short. Too sh- well it's it's and and, and Lee a Lap, of course, who uh are you are you good with your Packers heading into free agency right now? Are you standing pat? What what's your deal with your uh with your pack right now, Lee? I think we gotta get
6: one of these wide receivers. Wow. There's oh, a lot of wide receivers.
7: Sign, yeah, the Packers will sign like another like a backup. Fullback or something instead of a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, they
5: never do anything sexy. Yeah, I mean, you look at the list of potential free agent receivers. Wow. I mean, there's a long list here. But Galladay seems to be the uh, the main guy out there.
7: Mm. Yeah, I mean, if, without Allen Robinson, Galladay is the guy. I, mean, I don't see the Packers spending a single cent for Galladay.
5: No. Antonio Brown, think anybody interested in Antonio Brown?
7: Oh no. Not right now. He's a he's a definitely like a sign in August type of guy. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Des Bryant.
5: Des Bryant have a future?
7: No chance. No. No chance.
5: I'm just throwing out names there. I mean,
7: Des I think Des was How about Deshaun Jackson?
5: Was... Any interest in Deshaun Jackson <clears throat> yes. anymore? Yes. All right. So Jackson Jackson's one of the guys. And you think that I mean, you're, you, you so Juju Smith-Schuster is 100% done with the Steelers? I think they're done with him. Wow. He's 25 years old.
7: Yeah, I think last year, again, I don't think the antics mattered that much until they started losing and then it mattered, right? The dancing on the field never matters until it matters. That's Mm -hmm. what that's and that's you know, that's kind of the when people say distractions, that's what they mean by distractions. It's not that it's it's a bad thing. I mean, look, literally does it really make a difference in winning and losing whether he dances on the field before the game. No. But it changes the topics after the game. The players on the team have to talk about it. To, you know, Mike Tomlin has to spend time discussing it with the media, which I'm sure he hates to do. So it becomes a distraction when it does. And I think the Steelers are, are probably over that right now.
5: So you think again for Galladay, you're thinking best destination Indianapolis Colts. Because they I mean, have they, the money to spend. If
7: they could get him, that'd be it'd be incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Are you convinced that Carson Wentz is going to get it done with uh, I don't, reunited
7: I, with Frank Reich? I guess what does what does get it done mean? Because well, I mean,
5: is he going to be the franchise quarterback that at one point the Eagles thought he was going to be? I'm not necessarily saying a Hall of Fame. I'm just talking uh, about a franchise. I think the best playoff be, caliber quarterback on a good team.
7: I think the best he can be is average.
5: You think he could be the right guy?
7: He could be. He could be a game manager type of player.
5: All right. Well, then that's good enough. If you
7: got all the pieces, you're then all what you he's, need. He's, Probably not winning the Super Bowl like that, though.
5: Uh, by the way, we're broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. So, as an Oregon duck, knowing that Oregon is safely into the field of sixty-eight, how excited are you about tomorrow and finding out where uh, Oregon is going to be seated?
7: You know, it's just different this year because everything's in one place. Like, I'm not as concerned about oh, oh my God, they go into the East, who they who they play in this year. I feel like it's a, a more level playing field without the travel. And this year's so weird. I mean, you know, you might get a, a covid positive test on a player before a game and things change so much. Um I feel like we got our bad game out of the way at least. I mean, we shot 24% from three something like that yesterday. Um so hopefully that kind of gets us going. I think we could a sweet 16 run would be good for us. I'll take it. You'll do that. I would definitely get a, a Sweet 16 run. I, I think we will be will be. As I mean, you've been in the Final Fours, Elite Eights, right? We were the Final Four like two years
4: ago. Yes, you were. Ago. That's what I'm saying. Um, um, yeah, Alton, but this, this team has uh, sort of set the
7: bar high. This team's probably not as good as that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dana Alman gets his gets it's his guys good. playing um, well at the end of the season. So I'm excited to. I'm excited again. We didn't get the tournament last year. Um, I'm excited. I mean, this is something you know, personal to the Pac-12, like the women's tournament, the Pac-12. I mean, Stanford is like it's legit. I'm excited to watch the women as well.
5: Yeah, I watched my UCLA Bruins women's team try to match up against Stanford. Pretty good UCLA team, by the way, this year. No chance. Stanford's loaded. So I'm,
7: I'm, I'll be watching a little bit of the, the, the women's tournament as well.
5: Yeah, uh, so again, the uh, field at 68 will be set tomorrow. We're going to have five conference championship games tomorrow, including the Big Ten championship game. The second half now is underway, and Illinois just increased their lead to 10. So you, you wanted to come out strong in the second half, Sam. That's not the way to start oh. things off. You know, you uh, No, I don't know. I don't feel great about the second half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you're still confident. Even if they lose today, they're a lock for a two seed? I think they're a two, yeah. But Jerry Palm was on with Jason McIntyre earlier this morning, and he said there are two as well. Well, uh, the, 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 <laughs> <He's> Jerry, a- <laughs> Jerry, and I respect Jerry Palm. He's been at this for a long time. I, one thing about Jerry Palm, I know he's not always right. He's oh, sure. Uh, None yeah. of us are. I mean, you're guessing right now. Uh, by the way, did you see this one quick note? Dan Gavitt, who basically runs the NCAA tournament, uh, Dan Gavitt said what would a team have to do to be able to still play an NCAA tournament game? And he says, as long as they have five healthy players, they're going to play the game.
7: <laughs> exactly.
5: I mean, we're, we, we're, not, we're not stopping anything right now. Once oh, the no. tournament full, begins, full ahead. you could have the five worst players on your roster. As long as they're healthy, you're going to play the game. All right. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead, which is a good thing in the way we've operated throughout the sports world. Jeff, great stuff as always, man. And we'll talk next week.